one thinks is right is not always the same as what others think is right. No one can always be right. Roy T. Bennett. Twenty-eight days later. everyone and welcome back baby boys and girls i am zachary ballard and i am chris vlamakis the wacky vlamaki <laughs> the best greek guy i know sure i guess yo this is my boy chris he's uh introduce yourself introduce yourself yeah i have uh many many years of experience in certain things Cool. <laughs> uh, nice, nice to meet you, Chris. Even though I've known you for like four years, is now right? Yeah, yeah, about four years, five years, maybe. Um, real quick before we start the episode, I did put trigger warnings in the in the descriptions for each episode. I forgot to verbally say them. I also put trigger warnings in the description for the whole podcast. Um, I did want to mention a trigger warning, uh, a little bit on suicide and um, a lot on rape and sexual assault. We will be talking about these issues. And these things, so um, I will let you know before we start to talk about them, and you can skip past those parts if you need to, and just listen to the rest of the episode. But uh, fair warning, there is there is some triggering stuff we will be talking about in this episode, and especially throughout the rest of the series. So, without further ado, let's let's get started. We're we're yeah. going over twenty eight days later throughout this whole podcast. Um, I'm going to be doing. Uh, seasons of TV shows and in between like quarter seasons and half seasons. And after I finish the season, I will be going over movies. So it's not just the walking dead. Uh, I'm going to be going over a lot of zombie content um, besides the walking dead. So you can look forward to more episodes like this, where we talk about movies. I'm going to talk about video games as well. So just so you guys are aware that that's what's going to be happening. Um, And then after we get the next three episodes of walking dead done, then Chris is going to come back and we'll do 28 Weeks Later, which is the sequel to this movie. Yeah, 2002 Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. That um, kind of really set the tone for a lot of modern, just zombie horror fiction. I mm-hmm. think it really, before those movies, you didn't really get a whole lot of, well, a lot of people would call fast zombies or runners. Mm-hmm. Um, then right after this movie came out, it, you, you started seeing a huge trend towards that in um, movies, video games, um, TV shows, all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. And so this this movie actually really, I think they uh, they set out, and it was if you watch it, it's filmed in a way that makes it seem like it was really low budget. Mm-hmm. But some of the cinematography shots and the way they do extra extras in it and everything like that really makes it sing. Yeah, yeah. I I found it so interesting because like I really do think that having fast zombies definitely creates a whole different world and a whole different aspect within the zombie genre because, um, and it kind of goes into what I thought the main theme was, which is like the juxtaposition of hope and no hope. Yeah. Can Um, I add one little thing first? Also, this isn't, a lot of people will watch it and sometimes nitpick. It isn't 100% an like traditional zombie movie. The people are infected just like zombies and Mm -hmm. they turn into bloodthirsty, mindless creatures just like zombies. But the movie very much states that they are technically alive still. Yeah. Still, They're very much like if you damage their brain enough or like damage an internal organ enough, they, they could bleed out. They could die as well. But that's really the only difference. It, it's pretty much a zombie movie after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The zombies are incredibly different and they are like, they're, they're still alive. And that, that's one thing that if you have fast zombies, they tend to have them more, they tend to have them still be alive. 
Yeah. You know, and I mean, there are some cases where, um, at least if you read the book World War Z, where it talks about if you were athletic in real uh, while you were alive and then turned into a zombie, then you were a faster zombie. Mm, yeah. In, in the same sense, where it's like if like if you were a bodybuilder that or a really big guy, then you were harder to take down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it it's kind of interesting because you kind of have to like because in The Walking Dead you can excuse it. You can be like they're dead. They're they're not actual people because they already died. But in this, it's like they're sick. Mm-hmm. They're just sick people, and uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting because you you would think that people would care about sick people more, but we learned in this last year that people don't really care about <laughs> sick people. I guess you can get political about it. <laughs> uh, true, it, it is it is kind of just begs the question: What would you do? Because the reason the namesake of the movie Twenty Eight Days Later is the main character wakes up after being uh, something familiar from The Walking Dead. Yeah, kind of like Rick. But predates The Walking Dead is that this character wakes up after being in a hospital, in a coma, and while he... Early stages of that coma, this outbreak happened. But it begs the question, like, what would a society do? What could they do if, like... Because, like, it's not even just biting. Like, if you get in contact with their saliva, if you get in contact with their blood... Any bodily fluid. Any bodily fluid. You have less... Literally less than a minute before you you turn into a literal rage-filled... Like, they describe it as more of a rage-filled thing. Yeah, kind of like rabies. Yeah. They don't mention rabies, but... Yeah, yeah, but in in the sense where it's like, it happens, it spreads so quickly, and, like, no way to cultivate or to figure out, hey, is there a way for us to to counter this? Because Mm -hmm. not only is it, like, infecting people, those people are killing other people. And so what do you do? You yeah. defend yourself, and then possibly in the in the midst of defending yourself, you get infected, and then it's just a big chain reaction. Yeah, um, that's kind of one of those things. It's also in an area where the movie takes place in uh, takes place in London, in the United Kingdom, where there for forever there's been a lot stricter uh, gun regulations and mm-hmm. stuff too. Because one of the big jokes I always make is like if if uh, a zombie outbreak happened in like Southern Georgia, everybody in the neighbor would pull out their guns and it'd probably be taken care of pretty easily. Yeah. Like that's one of my things, unless mm-hmm. like it was in the water supply somehow yeah. or airborne, then you couldn't, you can't fight it. But yeah. like most of the people in the movie, you can introduce to some soldiers. They're the first people in the movie that you see that actually have guns. Mm-hmm. And that's also something you have to think about. It's like, if you are fighting somebody, one of these things off with like a baseball bat and you hit somebody over the head, more likely than not, some of their blood's going to get onto you. And can you guarantee so, yeah, I mean, like yeah. they in The Walking Dead, they freaking rub it. Over they use them, that. You know? They use that they, as a thing to be yeah. like, "Oh, we're going to hide ourselves." But in this movie, literally, if you did, if you thought about doing that, you were you were pretty much dead yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I I had the thought that it would be so much harder to differentiate zombies from humans, and we see yeah. that a little bit in in the movie because sort of towards the end, she thinks that he's turned. Yeah, the main character uh, goes basically Rambo on a bunch of the. Bad, the bad guys you meet towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. and um, because of what they've done or what they were attempting to do he basically has to fight and beat a man to death yeah and he does it in a very violent way because there's real there was really no other way he could do it yeah because the dude was trying to was also trying to beat him to death yeah and so he stands up and she's like oh my god what yeah. do i do and i'm like uh if it was me in that scenario i would have accidentally killed a bitch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's just so it's so fascinating because i saw a lot where it was like the difference between human rage and like zombie rage Uh and how can you tell the difference and what's like the difference? Because the guy, the, the general guy, he mentions that before it was people killing people and now it's still people killing people. Like nothing has changed. It it is one of those things where there's a lot of, with the uh, theme of pretty much zombie movies ever since their main 
uh, inception in the seventies and eighties with the, uh, with the night of the living dead and, and mm-hmm. movies like that, where it's the movie has a subtext of like, who is the real enemy in this? What, who's the, mo- the real monster? Yeah. Is it these mindless undead creatures of following base instincts? Or is it the humans that once you take away their livelihood, once you take away like sense of society and reason, like, are they, who, who's actually worse? Yeah. And like, he, he makes a great point. Uh, Chris Eccleson in that role actually was very poignant to, uh, to make all those points and saying that like, yeah, um, I've been years in the military. I've killed people a lot of times before. Yeah. And now it's just like, well, now I'm killing a lot more. Yeah. And then it describes like one of the first characters that you meet, he talks about how he lost his family and it was a mob of people trying to get out of the country on airplanes and that he was looking into the crowd knowing there were infected in there, but you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. And that's so freaking because scary. Everybody was angry. Cause everybody it happened was so fast. Yeah. Everybody was angry. Mm-hmm. Everybody was a mob mentality fighting each other, whether yeah. they were infected or not. And so that would be crazy. Yeah. Like it would be so hard to tell because you don't, you don't know, except for the red eyes, you know, but from a distance, you can't really tell. True. And, and when people are panicked or have been crying or under duress, that stuff happens to them a mm-hmm. lot of times. Their eyes get bloodshot. They, they start screaming and not and acting incoherent yeah. and everything. So, yeah. And I, I liked how they said when it first started, it started off as like riots and then they realized it was like a disease. Yeah. They thought it was just people rioting, protesting or whatever. But then they were like, oh, shoot, this is just a disease. And, and it happens so quickly that it would just be impossible. And I wanted to, I wanted to delve into that. I think they declined so much more quickly than in other zombie media. Yeah. 28 days. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they declined so How? much more quickly because they had to, they had to decline their humanity. Yeah. I think because it happened so fast. True. Nobody is calm, cool and collective in this no, movie. No, like, they're like, like if you see a calm person in this movie, they're about to do some messed up, like, or they've done yeah. something messed up. Yeah. Well, I mean, the general even says he's like, have you killed anyone? And because I know you wouldn't be here if you had. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's just crazy because they had to decline so quickly because the virus moves so quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, it's like very poignant because it shows a lot of pretty heartbreaking imagery. Mm -hmm. Like, um, the main character gets taken, uh, gets taken to his family home. Yeah. And like, some some zombie medium will be like, oh, he goes into the home and he finds a, zom- a zombie or, no, or a zombified family member or uh, no family members that are just blood or something, everything like that. Mm-hmm. But it turns out he just goes there and he finds his two parents and they um, they decided to end it their own way mm-hmm. uh, instead of having to go through that. While with deep sadness and in their heart, knowing that they had to abandon their son in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, while on another hand, there's just like there's just like oh well, just basic human human stuff you when when some of the characters meet each other you meet a a father and a daughter um and you see that relationship and it helps the two other main characters like regain a little bit of that humanity humanity until something messed up happens to them Mm -hmm. that probably happened to millions of other people yeah and then you see where it shows about his first real kill of one of those where he walks into a diner and there's an affected child and there's nothing he can do for this child but if he lets it live it's going to kill either him or someone else yeah and so he it kind of does it mostly off screen mm-hmm. but but it like when he does that and he comes out and it's just like yeah he had to do this because there was literally no other way mm-hmm. yeah i mean but like when her friend got bit oh she just immediately killed she, him and yeah that, that surprised me because in other zombie media i've seen it was like okay oh. let's tie him up 
let's time, take care of let's him. Figure we'll out. be with him while there's, he's dead. There's like ten minutes you know. at least of something. Or they're like, oh, he just got bit. Chop off the, the body of his body. That's part. what I thought she was doing at first. I thought because no. it showed like the arm come off, and I thought that's what she was doing. I was like, well, okay. They act say fast. in the movie, it's like you have ten to thirty seconds before yeah. you turn. There yeah. is no that, way that virus is fast. They dude. have yeah, they have no way. Like COVID, at least had two days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's fast, bro. Yeah. That's that's the fastest virus, and and it just brings a whole new level to like, this is life or death. Mm-hmm. Like so much, it's it's so much higher of a risk um, with this zombie virus. And I thought they did it really well at first. I was kind of wondering, like, I'm like, why are they declining so quickly? Yeah, I'm like it's because it's the virus. They're they're adapting to it. I wanted to mention the relationship between the father and the daughter, and then the main two main characters relationships because yeah. like you said they started regaining some of their, yeah like you said they started to regain some of their humanity yeah. as they were hanging with them and and I just I just thought it was interesting because she was completely gone she, like her whole thing was survival yeah and he was literally like 2 days into the whole mm-hmm. whole thing because he like because he just woke up mm-hmm. and then they find these two who who they they need each other in, yeah. in, in different ways the yeah. the dad and the daughter needs these two people to help them actually survive a tra- uh, a transit yeah. and the Jim and Selena need them because it's like, here's some actual like relationship and humanity mm-hmm. that's still there. Like they were obviously very hurt. They were obviously kind of probably on the edge of stuff, especially since they insinuated that the mother died recently. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's kind of weird because you can interpret that the mother died recently right before the infection happened or as the infection happened. Yeah. You can interpret it as both. Either way, the mother recently died and they are just running out of resources and cl- clinging. They are clinging to hope while Jim's kind of in the middle ground being like, should I be hopeful? Should I be cynical? And Selena is just like, no, the best thing we can do is just fight and live until the next day. Yeah, we saw two sides of the spectrum where she's just like, survival is most important. Mm-hmm. But then the father and daughter are like, they're being silly with each other. You know, they're still celebrating Christmas. You know? <laughs> and, and, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. But they're they're still celebrating Christmas. They're still being goofy and silly. Like, she drifts the car, you know. And and it's so... It, you just really see two sides of, of the spectrum of re, still retaining that humanity, but we also need to survive. Um, and, and also, the father was trying to find civilization, and the the woman was just day to day you know we need to survive day to day which is which is interesting because it's you know we we meet so many people that have that mentality in their own lives like you know we we meet people that are sometimes too silly like us it's kind of it's kind of interesting because like original zombie movies like the george romero movies night of the living dead kind of were a talk about consumerism Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and the real zombies are just the consumers yeah out there and like consumerism also makes a lot of like when I like when I worked at Walmart, there were just days where it's just like, okay, get through this day and get to the next one. Get through this day and get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Some of them were ho- were horrible. Some of them were okay. Mm-hmm. And it was and that's kind of, kind of like that can happen too. But also on the other end, it's like there's people out there that like every single person experiences loss, experiences yeah. hardships. Some more sporadic or uh, some very close together. And sometimes it's just like literally the best thing you can do is like, okay, get to the next day get to the next day hopefully you don't have to say that every day because mm-hmm. uh, it isn't in that case you you aren't literally trying to survive well i guess in some cases you kind of are depending on how hard it hits you but yeah. yeah yeah for sure i want to talk about i want first i want to talk about kind of the stupid things they did because they the did, did or the, 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 the no the people did and the the characters did 
because they did some stupid things that I don't think I don't I think, think anyone. I think also would you do. have to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt of being like we as a culture are so inundated with like survival and like horror movies that it's like obviously those guys are idiots. Yeah. Like when I'm watching like when I'm watching a TV show and it's just like you fool, why are you going in there by yourself? But who knows? When people are I just want everyone to think about this. When people are panicked, when it's a high stress situation, sometimes you don't make the most reasonable decisions. Yeah, I I'm I'm mainly talking about when he goes into the church and he sees like the mountain of dead bodies. Well, he, and he's I, just like, "Hello?" He doesn't but here's the thing. <laughs> I, I understand he doesn't know, but it's yeah. like like I don't I don't know. I just thought that was I, very the one point in that scene where I was just like, you need to get out of there. Whereas like the priest, the infected priest shows up. Yeah. And like, if any dude, any person like appears in a hallway and starts doing that and coming at you, <laughs> I'm running like run. Yeah. Like, don't just stand there being like, father, are you okay? I'm like, no, he's not. He's, <laughs> he's obviously not. not. Okay. Why are you asking these questions? Yeah. He's not. And then he get, and then he uses the one weapon he has, which is a bag full of soda cans, which probably, which probably hurts if you get hit by it. Yeah. And the guy's still down. He's like, looks at him for a second and then stay there. I'm like, you idiot, run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing I want to talk about was the freaking tunnel. That was such that, a, that's, that that's, was such that's a dumb the, move. That's the most zombie movies, her of a uh, horror survival plot point in the entire movie. Yeah. Because it's like, they literally stop before this, for people who haven't seen it, they, they're traveling in this car mm-hmm. and they stop before this tunnel, which would normally be the most direct route for them to go to this place. I believe uh, multiple miles north of London, mm-hmm. but you can tell from the mouth of the tunnel that there's multiple crashed cars in it, and there's no electricity, so the tunnel's completely dark. They even mention that it's like, well, we could do the, an indirect route, but then basically they're like, nah, fuck it, and they drive, <laughs> they drive into this, and like two minutes in, uh, into their adventure into driving to this tunnel, they basically hit a roadblock of cars that they somehow we- weirdest moment, like taking you out of the movie moment, is that they somehow were able to jump part of the cars and drive yeah. onto them. Yeah, it was um, weird. All per, the, the car they're driving perfectly fine until the very end, and then one tire gets popped in the middle of this tunnel. They yeah. get past the roadblock, and then it's like, well, I guess we got to change the tire. And I'm like, anybody... You, this could have been avoided. And, but and, the dad wouldn't listen. He was, like, so dead set on going through and this anybody, damn tunnel. Yeah, and anybody is just like, okay, this is a very obvious attempt to, to put in some another moment of high suspension contention yeah. because like it is freaky to see to hear to, because like if something is making weird loud noises down the end of the tunnel you hear them well before you see them yeah and so they're hearing them and then they start going they're like quickly quickly yeah. get the tire on and it's like okay this is a high stress situation but this is one of the moments where it's like they are stupid because they had they wanted another like i bet they part of me thinks about the like they probably were in some original writing room mm-hmm. and they were like uh, well, you know, it's been like 30 minutes and something like crazy high octane has happened. Let's shove something in here. Yeah. In between the point when they start driving uh, uh, from the grocery store to the point where they get gas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know, be pretty, pretty interesting, you know, take a tunnel. <laughs> get this man a promotion. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> get this man a freaking Easy. Oscar. Riding Easy. Oscar. Easy money. Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to mention that because I just don't think well, I also, anyone with brains would do true, that. It's true, but but again, it's just like I guarantee that like if you are a bullheaded, a pigheaded person, mm-hmm. and you're like, we're going this way, yeah, like I guarantee that that could very well happen in real life. As yeah. silly as it may seem to somebody who's out of the situation and looking at it as a third person, logical, mm-hmm. like that person is just like, well, this is the fastest way. This will take like an extra day if we go around. Yeah, you also live an extra day, man. It's yeah. like yeah. yeah, I I did want to talk about when when he died because he he lost he, it. He lost it and he gave up so quickly. 
Yeah. And and I, I think that in this I, in this universe it's so easy to give up hope. And yeah. especially with the type well, of virus it is. He, he, it was interesting because his character, like, you get introduced to him and he's wearing a SWAT outfit and he beats the crap out of some of these guys. And mm-hmm. he takes the SWAT outfit off, off and he's, he's just like he's like guy, you guys want some tea? Guy, yeah. And yeah, and he's just yeah. this lighthearted goofy British guy who's with his daughter and everything mm-hmm. like that. And the whole movie he's fairly lighthearted, he's kind of turns it because he's he's an older guy he kind of and the two main actors i believe are in their at least early 20s yeah and so he's kind of a pseudo father figure to them mm-hmm. and he, he's just so funny and lighthearted. but when they get to their destination where the radio broadcast said to go and there's no one there he's immediately like angry swearing because mm-hmm. he's like this was this was an actual bastion of hope yeah uh, the first that they've had in a month which like in some cases doesn't seem like a lot of time but like it, when you literally are just like sitting in your apartment, hoping to God that you'll survive to the next day, I bet twenty eight days is an eternity. Yeah, and then like, I mean, also they had to they had to ration water. They had to literally use a bathroom in a. The bucket. zombies could crawl across the barricades. Like like these zombies are the most dexterous yeah, I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and they're smart too. Yeah, and they were basically almost out of like they were rationing water for like yeah. a while, and he he loses hope, and uh and then gets really angry at everyone, and then unfortunately spoiler if you haven't seen a 19 year old movie um he uh unfortunately through a series uh, also a a slight bout of anger because there's this uh some blood from a hanging dead body gets into his face and he starts immediately turning right after he's able to apologize and say he loves his daughter and basically is like get the fuck away from me yeah and that's when we're introduced to the soldiers yeah. at that point. And so. he, if he just would have stuck out a little bit longer, he could have lived, you know, but would he, how much longer would he have lived though? That's the question because like yeah. he would have been a direct interference because the soldiers would have, well, we'll, we'll talk about the soldiers in a little bit, but what the soldiers were trying to do, they were going to do no matter how many men were with them. Yeah. And this like middle age, I mean, this middle age, he like, might've died, but he might've not, you know, who knows? Yeah. I, he might've been taken up to that shooting range with, mm-hmm. with the one Sergeant and the, and Jim. Yeah. And who, I, I don't know. Yeah. You don't I don't know. think he would have been able to scale a wall like Jim. I'm no. just going to say he was, unfortunately he didn't seem like the most physically fit man. No, no. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that sugar was the only food that they could find. Yeah. Which I, I think is I think is interesting. Until they get to the grocery store, then they can get like canned yeah. foods and stuff. I wonder if that would be the case. Well, I can imagine because it's like I bet in a in a in a wave of panic that a lot of people would prioritize food that is like advertised to be long lasting, like canned foods and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but like like they're ma- they're first held up in like a small like mall convenience store. And when, if you go into those stores, they don't really have any nutritional Groceries, food yeah. in there. They might have a fridge that has like milk and orange juice in it, and maybe maybe some like pre-made sandwiches. Yeah. Um. But like you go in there, and it's like it's mainly carbonated drinks and candy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if society gets wiped out before that somebody manages to break in and get into those places, that's what you have to survive on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're just eating pounds and pounds of chocolate. Like I can only and it would be so much harder to survive on that. Yeah, after too. after a couple of days, your body would be like we. Well, he he was passing out on the stairs. Well, he was you know? passing out because like I think also like he was also wounded. Well, he he was wounded. He, he woke up in the hospital so, yeah. and like he looked malnutrition, uh, yeah. malnourished, and everything. And the first thing he had to really eat in like four weeks, other was than sugar, other than IV fluid, was a, a can of soda he found on the ground. Yeah, and there was a ton of so- like. I I think it, what what's really interesting when it shows that food is like a lot of people depict. That, like, everywhere and everything is barren. Yeah. But, like, if something hits a metropolitan area fast enough and, like, everyone's escaping. Oh, yeah. 
and everything like that, there's going to be a ton of <sighs> abandoned. They go to a grocery store, and the entire grocery store is like basically still there. Yeah, and if it acts fast enough, like people aren't going to have time to loot. People aren't yeah. going to have time to go and to who, Walmart and, and, a lot of people, and take all the toilet paper. Are they paper. going like if they manage to escape the city? Are they going to just go back into the heart of the city to? Mm-hmm. What do they have means of carrying? Do they have a truck so they can carry get a truckload of food? Yeah, and can they guarantee that they even get there? Yeah, like that's that's an interesting topic that I think a lot of zombies like all the movies are like, oh well, we're lacking our resources, we're growing our own crops and everything like that. Obviously, it's only twenty eight days into it. It takes a while to get there. Yeah, it takes a while. You to need get to form there. a community of survivors. You need to do so much. That's yeah. that's true. So this is showing a very immediate after effect. Not saying that every single store, like you, if you, they had gone to that store a year after, like that mm-hmm. store would have anything in it. It probably may it may. may have some stuff in it but a lot of it more of it would be more rotten and everything yeah um i mean it's so it's so interesting to me because you know i i like to say that i would be a survivor in a zombie apocalypse i'd Ah, die (laughs) but like well it's yeah especially with our american diet like a lot of people they eat a lot of carbs they're they're they tend to be more overweight than the average person in the united states and they they you know uh, Um, eat a lot of sugar and so like yeah if you if if you haven't run for most of your adult life and then immediately you have to start running again, like every day, you're yeah. screwed, mm-hmm. you know? And so y- you have and, to kind of think about like and, the shape you're in now definitely affects how you would survive in, and, and in to, an apocalyptic To future. like use blood force trauma enough to kill another human being. It's a, it's really hard. It's yeah. I, not that I would know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and also these things seem to be far more, resilient than the average human too yeah like a head they don't feel pain well they maybe they do but they're just so pissed off that they're just like oh like you literally have to deal a killing blow in order for them to not get back up yeah and that can be pretty hard because especially if they're already dead a person can be like knocked out with a head blow but but if like the physicality of you getting Mm -hmm. knocked out isn't present anymore man yeah like to actually kill someone like that you have to be either much larger and and get a really good blow or very skilled mm-hmm. in order to do that. You can't be like, I think the, I think the two groups of people that would die instantly in, in a zombie apocalypse would be, I'm sorry, uh, small scrawny people. And then, uh, v- uh, very unathletic people. Yeah. And then the middle ground, which I have a chance to survive. You don't have to be an athlete to be able to like run a run and outsmart somebody or, or use a baseball bat as a weapon, yeah. but you have to have something for you. Like, you need you need something that's going to keep you alive, you know? Yeah. I mean, and if you're, if you, and it could be that you're a doctor and people want to protect you, but, you know, it usually you have to have something. I'm screwed because I'm an actor <laughs> and no one will want to protect me. Uh, whoa, whoa, but, whoa. What if they're just like, act, they point a gun at you? <laughs> act. Act now. And then, and then I live the longest. I'm actually the cure. Or if you're the cure. Then people will yeah, turns out laugh- die for you. Turns out laughter was the cure the whole time. Laughter, French. It was the, the friends friend. we made along oh the way. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so, I want to talk about drugs and alcohol because, along with the sugar thing, having drugs and alcohol in your system would make it significantly harder for you to. And to there survive. would be an abundance of that. Oh yeah, because when somebody goes into panic and getting survival, most people do not grab alcohol, and most people also don't realize how much. How many prescription drugs are in pharmacies like, yeah. at any given time? Yeah. And it's dangerous to think about because, like, you can go in and unless you're, like, a pharmacist or it's clearly labeled and you know what the label means, yeah. you're just grabbing a handful of drugs and stuff like that. Like what, like the comment I made earlier where they're just, like, they're in the market and they're looking at the wall of alcohol and he grabs one and the dad's like, no, 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 if you're going to take anything, take the better, like, ah! and he grabs, yeah. like, six of them because it's just, like, 
Sure, there's an yeah. a, there's an abundance of that. Yeah, uh, uh, Selena, but it, it doesn't help at all. You know, it does not help at all. It doesn't provide any like sorts. Like the alcohol would honestly be more of a detriment. Some of the and it would be so easy too to get trapped in that. Like living in a hopeless world and getting trapped yeah. in like the addiction of same, drugs and alcohol. Yeah, same with that. Like Selena uses uh, when it's first shown that she has basically a bag full of prescription drugs. Yeah, she it mentions that she actually is like a licensed pharmacist, so she mm-hmm. knows what it does. Yeah, the first time they use it is literally like they're traveling and they want to and. They're like, oh, man, she fell asleep pretty easily. And they're like, it's because I took, like, sleeping pills. Yeah. And so everybody except for one guy takes sleeping pills, which I'm like, you idiots. What? They're sleeping yeah. basically out in the open. But they turn out to be fine. It's one of those moments where they're, like, far enough away from civilization that the, the zombies probably weren't there. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's not hard for me to, to believe. Yeah. But they, uh, it, it, it shows that it's like there's an abundance of this stuff mm-hmm. now, but not, in a, like, an abundance of, like, water. Yeah. and everything like that like if you that's live, why they drink soda too because there's not an abundance of yeah water. like they live in an apartment high-rise and it's like well uh eight days ago our water ran out and i put all these buckets out on the roof and it turns out first time in like england history like nine days without any water or like mm-hmm. rain or anything like that because yeah. you always see these survival movies where it's just like oh this person managed to catch all this water with uh in buckets or like somebody was able to figure out out like yeah, this is a do-it-yourself uh, moisture catcher out of a tarp, and yeah. you get there, and the dad's like, yeah, nothing works. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, nothing. Well, works. It's, it's so I love this movie because it showed like things that you don't necessarily think about in in these survival situations. Yeah. Um, like only being able to drink uh, soda because you don't have clean water. I did want to mention uh, another thing where uh, when they when they meet the soldiers and there's that one guy uh, who's actually the best soldier of them all. And he says that, um, you know, it was normal to not have humans on the earth. So what if this is just nature, like, correcting itself and getting back to normalcy? Yeah, what he, if we he basically disease, was getting, you know? like, philosophical about it, about, yeah. like, for the entirety of the planet of the earth, humans humans have only existed for a small fraction of it. So it's like, what's, what really is normal? Like, mm-hmm. normal for us in the span of our 70 to 90 years, this might not be normal, but, like in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. does it really matter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I want, I, I wanted to of course mention the animal rights thing. Yeah. Um, where they're, they're experimenting on monkeys cause these monkeys have this disease Yeah, and you know, PETA comes in. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know if it's PETA. Yeah. But... Beginning of the movie, the characters literally aren't named. They are just yeah. known as activists yeah. and scientists. They come in and you look at this facility and it obviously looks like they're experimenting on monkeys. There's one monkey strapped to a table watching weird videos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And these activists come in, take a bunch of pictures and they're planning on freeing the monkeys. The scientist comes in and they're basically like really pissed. One guy looks like he's about to beat him to death. And he's like, listen, you don't understand. They're infected. These, these things are highly contagious. If you let them out, bad things are going to happen. And he basically, it's just like, it's incurable at the moment. Mm-hmm. And these activists are just like, well, you <sighs> torture or like, I don't even know. I forget what they call him, but they, they just call him a monster essentially. Mm-hmm. And literally the scientists, even though like, yes, he technically was experimenting and in a sense, kind of torturing these monkeys, but all these monkeys were not normal, Safe. normal cognitive creatures. Yeah. They were bloodthirsty. Like they opened up one cage and immediately that's when <sighs> goes down. Yeah. And so and like, then she immediately turns. Yeah. It's just she, a spiral. She, they, they they kill before they even kill, kill the monkey mm-hmm. she is turned and they're like what and then she does a whole spray vomit on the next guy mm-hmm. and then that's literally when it's like 28 days later because yeah. because that was that was ground zero if they had just like i'm not i'm not saying i think it, it kind of speaks for uh an unfortunate uh, like a thing of this movie if they hadn't done anything 
It wouldn't have happened, probably. Probably, but because like it obviously seemed that like they found these monkeys infected with this. Mm-hmm. So like, was and it they in were the trying wild? to find a cure too. Yeah, they weren't doing it in the most ethical way. No, but then also, unfortunately, if you look at medical history, a lot of medical breakthroughs weren't done in the most ethical ways either. Yeah. So I'm not condoning that behavior, but it's kind of interesting to be like, if these activists uh, didn't break in, didn't do this stuff, would would society have crumbled? Yeah. But technically, but like, it's also like it was in the UK and that's where the original outbreak went. And they, and they talked briefly about how like there's, uh, uh, how like New York had some outbreaks and everything like that. So does that mean somebody from the UK traveled there? Was there a different outbreak? And actually it doesn't go into details because the, it's not, the characters themselves don't know the details. So why would they give us the details? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And there are, there's a lot of, uh, animal rights activists today. And, and you know, you obviously shouldn't abuse animals unnecessarily. Sure. You shouldn't, um, you know, you shouldn't test products on animals that could potentially hurt them. Yeah. You know, you, you, you should be respectful to animals. But on another hand, they, they so, cause... If, this... if something like that happened, because it's like, I know there's even a, a subsect of animal rights activists, they're not even an animal, who are just like, who get upset when people talk about like getting rid of mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes, which, which you literally scientifically can't find... Um, a beneficial purpose for them existing on the planet. Yeah. And mosquitoes are like below rats, one of the highest like contagion spreaders mm-hmm. in the world. But like, we're like, you know what? Like, what if we did this? And people are like, no, that's killing an entire species. Why? Because this species is killing a lot of other things. Yeah. But in that, so in that sense where it's like, if something like this happened or is happening, who knows, who knows how many actual diseases like the government found area 51 baby. Contain- I'm not even going as far as conspiracy theory with that or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm just saying there can't be a time where like, some scientists found some crazy extinct and everywhere part of the world disease in, in some, mm-hmm. in some remote areas, especially during the big travel booms and archeology, archeological digs and everything like that yeah. in, in uh, from the late uh, 19th through the mid 20th century and everything like that. You can't tell me where it's like they go in there and they like find some sort of disease or they find some sort of animal that's a carrier for disease. Maybe they're not affected by it. Yeah. And you're like, uh, and then maybe, not cover cover up is a bad word, but being like, no, we're going to take these these things in and be like, how deadly is this? Because the researchers that found them and had ten minutes of contact with them are deathly sick right mm-hmm. now. So what would happen if one of these got into like the nearby city yeah. or, or something like that? So it really begs the question: is like, like they definitely weren't the bad guys, mm-hmm. but they, I, like, they were trying to do good through doing some questionable things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's such a gray area because these these activists thought they were doing the right thing and it ended up they they were not doing the right thing you know and a lot of the times sometimes we think we're doing the right thing when we're not doing the right thing you know and um you know they had this self-righteous thing of like like the scientists warned them like don't open those cages he was begging them yeah like he like the the guy basically was on his hands and knees with like fear Mm -hmm. like if 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 i was in those activist position and like this guy is like, no, they, it's dangerous, highly contagious. That's why we have them in here. I would give a second and be like, okay, Mr. Let's think about Mr. This. Leader Activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget your name, but uh, maybe this guy who is cr- basically crying and on his knees right now begging us, yeah. maybe he's not lying because most human beings don't do that, have this visceral reaction while lying. Yeah. Unless he's a fantastic liar. Yeah. But then you look at the dude and the, like, the, this isn't a, a, an attack against the actor they have around, but he was kind of like this, like, you could read him like a book Weasley kind of guy. He's yeah. not, he's not hiding anything. He's not a highly charismatic person that lies about this stuff. He's just a scientist who spends all, his entire life indoors, probably preventing diseases for years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, it's, it's unfortunate that in order to, 
gosh, I hate saying it because it makes me feel so gross. But it's unfortunate that you have, like, people, if they want a good outcome of something, they have to do immoral things. Does that make sense? You know, they have to, they had to experiment on those monkeys to get a vaccine. And if they got a vaccine mm-hmm. and it broke out, then they could have probably resolved it really quickly. It's, you know, it's such uh, a tricky topic to talk about mm-hmm. because, I mean, I spray pest control. And, um, you know, I, I just spray it around houses. If I see a wasp nest, I douse it in mm-hmm. the pest control. If you see a kiddie pool, yeah, you know, um, no, but like if I, if I see anthills, I spray them and you know, there, there's some people that, that disagree with me in, in doing that. And I, I put like mice bait and volbait out into yards because you know, they're, they're pests and they could, they could potentially carry diseases that could make people very sick. And so it's like, what? You know, you have to decide which life is more important, the human or the animal. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that, you know, 10 times out of 10, usually human life is more important. That doesn't mean you go around killing animals and doing ah! things to animals, but it's very tricky. I would have rather had them keep the monkeys in the cages than have a zombie outbreak. Yes, you're right about that in that scenario, yes. You, you look like you disagree with me. I don't disagree with you, but I, it's just such a heavy topic yeah. to be like... I mean, you shouldn't be a dick to animals. Like, I, don't... I mean, I, I think, obviously, like how that because of consumerism, let's well, going back to consumerism, mm-hmm. and how corporations are like, it's it's atrocious what they do to oh, yeah. like cows and chickens. With cows, chickens, and pigs. The three, mm-hmm. the three big uh, protein meat producers yeah. in the world. And it's like, you look at these farms that produce thousands of them millions of them a year mm-hmm. and it's just like oh man i just like i just read an article where like a bunch of uh, about how how they kill hundreds of thousands of roosters every year because they're like we don't need this many roosters yeah and you, and it's just like oh what yeah well it's it's you, you know you see the videos of the people going into those places and yeah it, it it makes you feel sick and you know i don't disagree with eating meat i disagree with how a lot of companies meat producing companies treat their animals to get the meat. Yeah, and if you guys have any complaints, I will post Zach's information. Okay, <laughs> cool. Sounds good. I say we move on but, to the next topic. Yeah, it's a hard topic. Even more, uh, even harder topic. This, yeah. this is an even harder topic to talk about. So just as a warning, this is uh, this movie in general just has a, a bunch of sexual, not even just themes, just like just blatant in your face. Flat like, out, yeah. Like sexual, you could like... Sexual assault and fe- rape. They're, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, trigger warning. They're, they're also not uh, afraid to do nudity in it. Like, literally, the first thing you see the main character, he's naked. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But that's that's actually the lesser of all the things. Yeah. So, uh, for context, if you haven't seen the movie, um, they get to this military base, and it's a bunch of these soldiers. It's nine uh, soldiers mm-hmm. who have basically made this, like, four-story mansion mm-hmm. um, a bunker. Um, they've, they've laid down... Uh, landmines, they have yeah. floodlights, they are armed to the teeth with machine. The first actual guns you see into this, not only are they guns, they are just like military grade. Yeah, they're, yeah. Um, they have this place fortified, um, and it's nine men, and basically, um, you get the feeling that a lot, several of these men are unhinged, and then the leader, the colonel played by, uh, or captain, whatever his position is, played by Chris Eccleston, basically seems like a really reasonable guy for the first, like, 15, 20 minutes that you're talking to him. He's talking about how, like, well, we may not seem like much, but uh, but we're here, there's clean bed sheets, there's plenty of food to go around, yeah. and everything like that. Um, but basically, it turns into where, uh, where he reveals that the reason why they sent out the message, the radio signal in the first place, is because he caught one of his men 
attempting to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that there was what's the point in fighting like in fighting for for a non-existent future? What yeah. do nine? What can nine men? hold up in a bunker, achieve to make in a future. So within these four weeks, people got so depressed that they were going to kill themselves. So the only thing that the captain could think of to prevent his men uh, from just one by one doing so, because I would assume in that scenario, after the first one does, everyone else who is on the edge would at least have suicidal thoughts. I would, I would think like six of them would. Yeah. Um, So he basically is like, okay, we're going to bring people in. And I promise you guys, you will have life. You will have, he promised that he said, he's like, I promised them women. Yeah. And when that, when he says that to Jim, the main character is like, what? He's like, they were, he was going to kill himself. So I promised the women. I turned on the radio broadcast and mm-hmm. you guys came and, um, mo- like several levels of messed up. Yeah. Because he's like, at this moment, uh, Jim real, like they try to escape. They don't let him. There's nine, uh, physically trained, well-armed men, yeah. uh, there ver- versus at this point, the dad had died. So it was just Jim, the, I think she was 16 year old girl mm-hmm. and Selena. And so Jim gets separated from them. And basically they're like, uh, they're, they're like ripping her clothes off, making her mm-hmm. dress up in a fancy red dress that happened to be in the house. And they are preparing to have like seemingly one by one, their way with her. Yeah. Uh, uh, with it's with it, both it, of them. It, it, yeah. It was with both of them. It seemed a lot of them leaned far closer to Selena since Selena was an adult woman, but it was yeah. very obviously insinuated that, a couple of them probably wouldn't have had any issue with the, with the young girl either. No. And so this really goes down to like the breakdown of humanity in this thing. When you deprive, when you bring people to the brink or even past the brink of despair, mm-hmm. what they are willing to do to feel a sense of maybe normalcy isn't the right word, but to feel the sense of feel something. Yeah. Because for every single day for four weeks, they basically been killing people. Yeah. Um, and like they're soldiers, but it's obviously different because like you're killing people and it's like, well, I can go home. Go down to uh, for them. Go down to the pub, have a drink, see my my aunts, cousins, whatever. But for them, there's no more home. Their home is this place with eight other guys who they probably would die for. In, in well, before this, uh, and they love as brothers in a sen- in a certain sense. But like when that gets broken down, and then they're just like sick of seeing each other every single day. They mm-hmm. don't see anybody new, and then it's like, and there's literally like it. There's no women, and yeah. it's just so gross. Yeah. Um, my yeah. first thought is like, you know, he's going to kill himself and he, like to promise him women to, uh, other than uh, here's my himself. Thing. Even, I, even at the end of everything, after what he does in the movie and what it contextualizes that he did pre the movie, um, that the captain very much seems like he's a person that does genuinely care for his platoon, that he was put in an impossible situation. I'm not saying this was right or anything, but mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that wasn't his first argument, his first go-to. Mm-hmm. I think he probably found the guy suicidal, like attempting to kill himself, talked him out of it, but didn't actually, wasn't able to fully talk him out of it. Like he probably was still afraid. And so he probably used every argument he could, he could. And he was just like, okay, I'll bring, we'll bring some people here, do this. Um, but then maybe, maybe the promise of just having more people come, maybe some, I have a feeling it may have just been like, it, it ha- couldn't have been the first offer, the first argument. Yeah. Cause you meet his character and his character is fairly well spoken. His character is fairly thoughtful. And mm-hmm. so he couldn't, even though he allowed this stuff to happen, like you saw, if you looked at the look in his face and at the tone of his voice, when he's just like, okay, we're taking him away. He seemed pretty somber about it. He was like, I truly wish I didn't have to do this, but I'm doing this because it's, uh, we have deemed this necessary. Yeah. But it, it comes to a point where it's like, you know, he promises them yeah. women, but you know, he, he had the choice. He had the opportunity to be like, but 
like we're gonna get people to come and we're gonna make a society, but cannot rape women. Two thing, two things that I want to point out. That was one of the plot points in this. Um, eight out of those nine men genuinely thought that the world was over. That the entire world was like that. Mm-hmm. While the one sergeant was just like, "Listen, we're on an island nation. Like, and if the outbreak started here, like, it's not. It like it may go across uh, across the river or anything, but it's going to stop a whole lot here. They, mm-hmm. they, why aren't we seeing anybody? It's because they've quarantined us. Yeah. Like that whole that whole thing. They've quarantined us. Every time he brings up, everyone's just calling him stupid and everything like that. And it turns out to be a plot point that's actually like, yeah, they see. One of the turnarounds for Jim later in the movie is that he sees a jet flying in the air, mm-hmm. flying over. And that makes it so Jim has the energy, the courage to be able to stand up to these guys yeah. because he knows that it's not the end anymore. Yeah. What, but eight out of these nine guys, including like, like th- there's the cap, the only real standouts is the captain. And there's the one guy who's, who I, I will call the real asshole of the group who seems to be like the. He's always standing in the front. He's like the the lead jock, yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And uh, I guess there's the guy who was kind of the village idiot slash cook, but he wasn't really a big. He seemed more to be like kind of guy that if you told him to do anything, he would. He yeah. also didn't seem to be a guy. If you looked at the last scenes, part, want like jumping at the gun to participate in the in the in the raping. Yeah, I'm either. just I'm just appalled that it was one out of nine that was like against. It's true. It. I just like. I don't know enough about human psychology, but you, you see people, if you experience the, uh, forms of isolation, forms of depression, it messes with you. Yeah. Like I've watched things where like people do experiments where they spend um, uh, like three days in an isolation room. Mm-hmm. And by, uh, <laughs> by like hour 13, they, one, they think it's day two. <laughs> and two, yeah. they're like, what's going on? What do I do? What do I do? Like, huh, what is this? And they start mumbling and talking. Like, it sounds like they're madmen. But so, Imagine this. They're not 100% isolated because they're with other people. Mm-hmm. But, like, these people, some of them aren't the friendliest. Some of them obviously clash in ideals and backgrounds and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, and, and they're in a horribly depressing situation where it's just, like, they just, every moving being that they uh, that they see is one they either they have to gun down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, it's, it's, like, a breakdown of that is just so, like, because it all compounds of what we've been talking about. Compounds of these people are technically still alive. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're just killing a bunch of different people yeah. to uh, another one. It happens so quickly because the infection decline of a society, everything like that. And then another thing where it's just like, I wonder what exactly their lives were before the whole thing. Obviously they were soldiers before the whole mm-hmm. thing started, but like what uh, I think a lot of people don't understand. Like if you take away, uh, so, like some people make jokes about it, but like for some people, if you take away even some simple comforts, like, Oh, like, Oh man, my bed has to be a particular softness or else I'll become a madman or yeah. something like that. Like imagine taking uh, literally having no choice and having everything of that taken away. Mm-hmm. If you're irritable when something small like that happens, imagine what would happen if you were 100% forced to live in just, just a situ- ah! situation yeah. where like you have no real comfort. Yeah. And, and you don't, and you don't even have comfort of like being like, well, at least we have slightly better food because obviously they have both rotten food and a bad cook cooking for them as well. Yeah. And I can only imagine eating crappy food or eating the same because they probably have cans of freeze dried eggs or whatever uh, it is. They probably were eating that for like two weeks straight. Can you mm-hmm. imagine what that can take? Not only physically, but psychologically. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think though, I, I've always had this thought. I was like, what is the worst thing a human can do? And I was thinking it and I was like, well, for me, it's between rape and murder. And then I'm like, okay, but there are justifiable, there are justifiable causes for murder, yes. like self-defense, like 
Um, if someone is attacking you that has a zombie virus and they're technically sick and not dead, he's like, I think that's okay to sure, kill them. Not, yeah. But okay. I don't think that there's a, ever a justifiable cause for rape. There's never, there's never a cause for rape that is justifiable because... Like rape is so predatory. If you kill someone, they're dead. They can't. They don't have trauma. They don't mm-hmm. have repercussions. And yeah. Anything like that. If you even just sexual assault and not full on rape and everything like that, that has lasting repercussions yeah. for the victim uh, in every single case. Yeah. Whether those repercussions are some, uh, uh, sometimes even years down the road, you you have weird thoughts or ideas that you remember that and you, it gives you chills to you literally having to go to, to mountains of therapy and you can't maintain a relationship because as soon as somebody tries to physically touch you, 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 you wince, freak out, do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I think I've always considered sexual crimes um, to be highest. Yeah. And it's, and it's considered like, that in prison too. Well, yeah, too. It's always my funny thing where it's just like, yeah, here's some prison justice because yeah. like in some of those cases where you're talking about justifiable murder mm-hmm. and, um, and people can get mad at me or not, but it's like somebody's just going. It's like going to rape somebody, and they get thrown in prison for it. I'm like, you know, you literally ruined this person's life. Yeah. It's like I really don't give a shit <sighs> if somebody shanks you in prison. Yeah. Or beats you to death. Well, in prison. Like, I was going to say, guy, like some guy who's in there for seven for two hundred years for, for murder. He's like, I must do <laughs> justice. Yeah. He's like, he's prison Batman, except kills. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, if if the choice is is raping someone or you dying, but if there's die. But here's also here's the thing. Here's the thing. If society suddenly stopped and all sense of rules, not just government, but all yeah. of rules and everything that you lived by before. Well, there's nothing holding any. There's any nothing holding any, back. anything back. Even if you aren't a monster, there's just some things where it's just like, um, like, cause we have a lot of, especially within the last, I'd say 10 years, we've had a lot of societal norms change. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even something was simple with how people talk to each other. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like some people may say some stuff that nowadays is just like uh, considered offensive. Do all the uh, uh, co- offensive, maybe even a low line, uh, low bearing, like um, racist or something like that. That wouldn't have been considered that 15 plus years ago, mm-hmm. but because society norms have changed and there's that pressure, people have been, some people have been changing yeah. that. But like if suddenly society just got destroyed, eradicated, people will go to their, what their bare instinct, uh, bare instincts are. And I'm not, there are people whose bare instincts that are like, they automatically sexualize women. Mm -hmm. They automatically are like, well, you know what? There hasn't been like those, who knows? There one of those guys, those soldiers might've been like, well, there wasn't a weekend where I didn't go down to the club or the pub and everything like that. And I didn't have a girl in my bed or anything like that. Now suddenly one month later, he's been sleeping in the house with a bunch of dudes. He's malnourished, sweaty, disgusting. He's killed hundreds of people and he's yeah. like you know what i do right now yeah captain i'll stay here i won't kill myself or mutiny if you bring me a woman mm-hmm. and it's like yeah that'd be pretty nice and he's only thinking about the good times probably mostly with like probably probably like mostly just with with two drunk people in the bed having sex and everything like that and he's like it'll be like that right yeah no there's one when you're literally there's forcing. like that block where they're they're yeah, thinking because like... they don't think of the whole picture they're thinking about how great because they think in this particular scenario, not every single case of rape, obviously, but in this particular scenario, most of these men have come to the conclusion that if they have sex with the, with this woman, that something about their lives will be fixed. They will return yeah. to normalcy. I guess you can say that, that a lot of people genuinely think that their lives will be fixed if they get into a relationship or get married. That definitely, like, because thinking of this psychologically, because, like, I'm not saying all those men were at one point reasonable. Probably, maybe most of them weren't reasonable at one point. But, but like... The, the sexual crime of it at all it like goes down to those pr- that primal 
basically primal instinct where it's like, what, what do base level mammals, like what does every mammal do? Mm-hmm. Eat, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's basically the thing. If you're eating right, eating healthy. Okay. If you're sleeping right, sleeping healthy. Okay. Well, you also uh, like, if, like the idea of like, they also part of them probably convinced themselves of being like justifying it to we're, themselves. We're like, 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 I need this. I deserve this. I deserve this. Or, or like, days. you know, we haven't seen a live woman in who knows how long. Mm-hmm. What if there's like no one, no one, no, is, do we need, yeah. do we need to impregnate to save the world? And yeah. there's some people who probably would literally convince themselves of that in that yeah. scenario. And a lot of rapists do convince themselves of what they do is right. Yeah. Like they, they, they go through these mental gymnastics well, of like, it's probably um, under the same, well, another same mind Olympics where it's just like, well, I thought she was coming on to me yeah. or well, what she was wearing. It's like, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like, stuff. this is, and it's like, no, it's like, no, like, <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, no, they, yeah. And they, a lot of, a lot of what, rapists do that because that's how they can do it. Did you hear? You know? Yeah. Did you hear what they were saying? They were saying no. And they were hitting you. I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter if they were uh, wearing a low uh, top or in this case, it doesn't matter if you think you're going to save the whole world. by. And it doesn't matter if you, if you, yeah, if you're, you're going to save the whole world by, by impregnating two, two women that uh, like, without their consent. Like, and, yeah. I, and I do believe that that, that is how rapists rape is they have to do that in their head yeah. in order to in order to do it because no sane person no person that is like genuinely compassionate or logical. and and logical would ever rape someone and so they have to they have to justify it to themselves and we've seen a lot of court cases today where judges uh, are like justifying it they're like well he's young you know oh, she what? might have been giving off weird signals I know it's signals. bad for me to, yeah it might have been bad for me the one that happened like 4 or 5 years ago with mm-hmm. that that guy who was going to go to college yeah, for swimming, I can't remember. His yeah, name. but then the judge let him off with like six months in prison because he's like, well, I don't want to ruin his life. He ruined if yeah, he ruined a woman's if life. If that group of people did walk by past that dumpster and like uh, and saw him doing that, who knows what would have happened to her? Yeah, and like what those people, those people, people probably wouldn't have believed those her. Those people showed so much restraint, restraint not to just <sighs> kill. I would yeah. add because like if, yeah. I, if I was in that scenario, I'd be like, what? Like I'd probably bash that guy's head against the, the dumpster yeah and be like well, i mean when he was killing them in the movie i was like good kill yeah him. yeah at the end of the movie the a cathartic release is that jim goes rambo yeah u- using the combination of there not being much light or electricity and, the, and a thunderstorm and he also releases yeah, he's one, very wiry like yeah. i was impressed and he also releases one infected within the building so mm-hmm. most of the people are dealing with the infected but the lead i'm going to call him the lead jock soldier is holding selena and being like yeah don't worry i'm going to protect you and we're going to do this go to mm-hmm. a countryside cabin and everything yeah. then he jumps behind him and is like surprise <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and basically it's just like they're having this fight and it's just like bashing his head against the wall and then there's the whole thumb in the eyes thing which mm-hmm. this movie goes full on it's not just impressing it a little bit and then getting the hands pushed away no that's how he kills this yeah. dude and you're like yes <laughs> yes yeah well it's just when you're watching some because like they're those they're guys rapists. are pure evil yeah like it doesn't point, matter what they were before they threw out their, they, they yeah. threw out their humanity mm-hmm. they threw out uh, society mm-hmm. and uh within a month they threw this all out yeah <laughs> yeah and how do you expect to have a society back if you're just gonna rape people and here's the thing because like if society gets reassembled and everything like that, how would they be held accountable? Mm-hmm. Like, you could throw all the accusations. Well, they're probably going to be the ones holding people accountable because they're the soldiers. They're, they're, gonna the, be they're the, probably going to be the, 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 the guards officers. of communities. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 yeah, it would make the most logical sense to get people that have weapon and military training. The, to be the protection. Yeah. And, and what are you going to do without protection in this world? Oh, man, this is bringing up a whole bunch of like actual political things happening today. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But anyways, rape is bad. I did I did want to mention one last thing. Let's make this quick. But 
uh, when never when, this is going to be two hours when they're second. about to when they're about to rape them, and then she's like, "Can you guys leave the room? We need to get ready and stuff." Oh, and then she and then she like brings the pills over to her and she's yeah. like, "Hey, take these." She's like, and "Are you trying to kill me?" She's yeah. like, "No, I'm trying the, to make the, you this not This is there. Selena bringing the young girl uh, Hannah the pills. So and, like in that sort of scenario where it's like, you I guess you could try uh, like overdosing on pills is actually harder than a lot of people realize, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have like. A stimulant with it that's why a lot of people drink alcohol with it because alcohol stimulates the uh in uh, doesn't inhibit it makes it so that pills work better when you consume yeah. them. that's why when people overdose on pills because they took a handful and they drank an entire glass yeah um but basically like yeah she was just like i don't i just want you to not care and the soldiers freak out about it and everything like that she, uh selena couldn't see a way out of this scenario yeah um and so she just thought it was going to happen and so she wanted hannah she, she not, wanted to make it better and she like which I mean, which she... thinking about it in the, in their situation in their thought process, what were their options? Yeah, like they couldn't fight them off. Let no, like and here, here's the thing, like she like like Selena was a a good killing machine, but like these men were several inches taller than her, trained Bigger military soldiers, her, and she had was guns. Like, they were they were like even in just hand to hand combat, mm-hmm. she she was at a disadvantage. Yeah, like and I I really and I think she honestly just wanted to protect her. Cause yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, she like, cause like Hannah in this and throughout the entire movie was kind of this full pull thread of being like hope that like she is still part of the world before and hope mm-hmm. that the world after will be, will be a sense of good and normalcy. Cause yeah. she's still a young teenage girl that even though she is obviously depressed in this whole scenario and everything, she still has hope cause she has, she has young, she has, she young has that blood. youthful vibrant. She has that you know? youth blood. <laughs> yeah. But it, I just thought I'd mention that a little bit because yeah, it's... Yeah, that was definitely an interesting it, line. You know, because it's... Uh, it's just... You don't they s- were put in a really ah, situation. You also don't, you don't see that a And whole, they had to make a choice. You don't see that because, like, in a lot of stuff that you see, especially recently, in those sort of scenarios, they either 100% try to fight tooth and nail to get out of there mm-hmm. and either succeed or die in the process of, get, of getting out, or one of them dies in the process, mm-hmm. or um, it would open the door and then suddenly they both would have killed themselves. Yeah. And um, it's kind of interesting to see to be like uh, they're giving into it because they don't want to die. They don't yeah. because like the soldiers, to be perfectly honest, I don't think would have killed them if they tried fighting. They yeah. would have horribly hurt them. Yeah. But and then still raped them. Yeah. Like so, like it, so, she's just like we're taking the lesser of like fifteen possible evils right now. Yeah. And if you're high while it doing, sucks. if you're high while doing it, and you kind of don't remember or kind of don't know what exactly is going on. Mm-hmm. then it'll still be awful. Yeah. But it won't be, it'll be half a degree less awful. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Did we miss anything in the movie? Did we, you know, I, what are your yeah. guys' opinions on this stuff? Um, and we will leave with a short musical break and we'll be right back with a moral dilemma. back uh thank you guys for listening and joining us again so uh that i wanted to ask a more simpler less um you know harsh moral dilemma this time because this is a very heavy episode uh and heavy topics the, that we talked yeah. about this this was brought up in the movie yeah uh where would you rather read a book that have never been written or watch a movie that has never been shot what what do you mean by read you mean a, a book that hasn't been read yeah that hasn't been like 
written or read. Like, you're the first one ever. You are the first person to experience mm-hmm. that, that thing. And then the same for the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's kind of interesting to think. Because if I think about the, the stupid logic part of my brain is like, well, if I'm watching the movie as one of the first people, then it's probably the first editing of a movie. So it might be crappy. <laughs> <laughs> but it would also be... You're uh, not wrong. <laughs> it would also be pretty interesting to see. Because, like, something that pops into my mind when I think about it is that there are a lot of PG-13 or lower-rated uh, movies that starred uh, the actor Robin Williams in it mm-hmm. that were originally R-rated mm-hmm. um, because the original script allowed him to just be himself. And Robin Williams, d- b- despite the fact he was in a lot of kid-friendly movies, he was a sailor when it comes to his language and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And there are several movies right here about that they actually put out test screenings of it as an R rating, and they were like, nope, this isn't going to work. And so they re-edited it into a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. So in a scenario like that, I would have loved to see... Uh, one of those movies is R-rated to be like, hey, you know that movie you guys are talking about? It made it made like two hundred million dollars in the box office this last weekend. It's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Guess guess what it was really about? And mm-hmm. like you can tell here, here, and here what they cut out. Yeah. Um. So that sort of scenario, I think I would tend to lean more towards a movie because if you are the first person, I would think that it would have to be the one of the first like test viewings where there before any final edits were done mm-hmm. or even. Like sometimes those cause those if those test viewings uh, are big enough of flops, they'll do reshoots and well yeah. too. Whereas with a book, I guess if you're the first reading it raw, unbound, uh, just on printed paper and everything like that, there could be a lot of stuff that is too much fluff, yeah, too much anything like that. Like even the best writers out there like have to send their first versions of a book to uh, the editor to the editor five or six times because sometimes it's like yeah we need you to like is 700 pages really necessary for yeah. one book can we split this into two books or can you cut this entire fluff section out of it yeah or do this i would much rather experience that movie because like a cinema experience you can also books you have your imagination but the cinema experience you have all of what the raw director the raw editing and everything like that is in front of you and presented into you where the book the the first book yes you have your imagination and and sometimes people's imagination probably mine as well are far more vivid than what you can see on screen but it's always nice to have that visual aspect as well yeah yeah i i agree with that i'm more of a visual person so i think i'd rather see the movie i think it also depends on the content and like what i'm it's yeah this is kind of an odd question it's sort of a open-ended question it's it's like what would it be like if you were the very first person to even to ever read and like Mm -hmm. when did it come out the first harry potter book like 99 came out or 2000 something around yeah, there like what can you imagine being the first person to ever read it like the guy she originally submitted the first half of the first book to while she was broken penniless and being like the dude in the office reading through this like a couple hundred pages and being like yeah you know this seems kind of interesting let's give her a shot mm-hmm. well, like, i think she was rejected a few times she was rejected yeah. a few times too so imagine can you imagine being one of the guys thinking about that? I mean, like, yeah, I kind of read a story like a couple of years ago and we rejected it. It was similar to this. I'm not sure who, but it was only like half the story. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, tell me what you guys think. What are the circumstances that you would want to either read a book that has not been written or watch a movie that has not been shot? Uh, you can let us know on our Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is Zachy the Zombie. Instagram is feed don't eat your brain uh you can also follow us on 410 horsemen on facebook twitter instagram and youtube 
And you can also email us with any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions at feeddon'teatyourbrain at gmail.com, as well as please, please subscribe and share. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good night, day, whatever time you're listening to. All right. Bye-bye. See ya.